Let's fucking do it. You ready? Arizona. Welcome to a Saturday night right here in Phoenix, Arizona. start off with some simple softballs topics good enough so i will not start with the tax march okay what do you think of trump unless you know anything about it well okay so that is the tax march (laughs) i have not cared at all about the incoming administration as you know one of the other things like i'm not gonna attack syria obama shouldn't have gone into syria that's a dumb thing to do what's he do Attack syria i think that so they bombed an airstrip with like the largest do you know who also uses that airstrip well, Russia was there. Yes. But I think that we called and let Russia know to yeah. get all of the Russians out of there because there was a But Russia point. still wants to use that airstrip. We didn't we just, disable the airstrip. I know. We just we just showed them that we have 59 Tomahawk missiles. Also, 59? Where's the 60th one? Did one of them, like, not make it? I didn't know there was that many. There were exactly 59 Tomahawk missiles that attacked this thing. And it was, this cost us $13 billion or something like that. Like, the cost of those 59 missiles and Mm -hmm. that four hours or whatever that we fucking bombed, Mm -hmm. that cost is now more than cutting any of the programs that he's cut so far. National Park Service cut? Way less than that. Like, cutting the National Park Service and Planned Parenthood and all these other things, those paid for, like, half of those missiles that he sent over on a fucking whim at 3 a.m. when he was, like, on the shitter and couldn't sleep because his fucking ED pill wasn't working or something. I don't know. I thought that it was the choice that the general made, right? Does it still have to go through the... Still have to go through the president? Like, how's that actually work? I'm very sure they had to go through the president for that one. Hmm. Also, he made a whole big row of, like, I know more than the generals, so I'm going to tell the generals what to do. So you can't say, I'm going to tell them what to do, and then be like, oh, the general did it on his own. Forgot about that part, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he did too. Regardless. Uh, it's, It's a fucking shit show. It's great. I don't give a fuck anymore. This country can take its fucking medicine. That's I'm I'm keeping an eye on all those like alt left ones because there's <laughs> left, which is Democrat, but really the Democrat is a moderate position nowadays because the Democrats have been dragged to the right for so long. Yeah. That now there's an alt left, which is the people who are actually left. Yeah. And those people are fun to watch just because they're so they're so loud. <laughs> I used to be I used to be interested in that, not so much anymore. <laughs> But I have them on Twitter because it's fun to watch. Uh, have you been following along with politics at all, Dan? <sighs> nah, I'm afraid to say yes. So yeah. I started following a bunch of leftist Twitter things just for fun. <laughs> One of them is called Indivisible. So the Indivisible crowd is uh, trying to mobilize the left against Trump and keep that momentum going until the next election cycle so they can try and oust any representatives that aren't uh, left, I guess. I guess. No, I didn't know about the tax march. So they, were they actually marching on Washington? Yeah, uh, well, Washington, but then all of the individual chapters of Indivisible were doing it in the, the cities that they're in. So in this case, Phoenix had a whole bunch of people downtown uh, walking around. I think the number that I saw was 400, but I think it might have been a little bit more. Tax march went on. It was kind of neat to see people out and doing things again. It's something that we have not really had. But then there were also town halls. 
So Congress goes on vacation recess for a couple of weeks and Indivisible has like a, an idea, Hey, let's, let's get them into their home districts and then ambush them at a town hall. So we'll call a town hall be like, Hey, you should come down and talk to your constituents. And when they get there, Indivisible's like, like everybody comes out of the woodwork and tries and attacks uh, the Senator. In this case, Andy Biggs, Flake and McCain. Flake got roasted. <laughs> Flake, Flakes was the longest. He stayed around the longest. He's like, you know what? Fuck this. I got this. Yeah. So Flake's like, all right. He, I think it was two and a half hours or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's what I read. Uh, at one point, the air conditioner gets turned off to like make the crowd agitated and try to get them out of there to like call the town hall early. Uh, one of the things today that I saw and that Indivisible is crowing about is, oh, what's the actual quote? Is it about solar? It was about solar. <laughs> Okay, so Jeff Flake, we can't rely on solar power because we can't tell people they will not have lights during the night. You know, solar power, if there's no solar, there's no power, you know? I, that is true. How do you store the sun's energy at night? It turns out there's lots of ways huh. that don't you even don't require chemical batteries, hmm. which was indivisible. It's like, oh, have you ever heard of a battery? It's like, okay, yeah, but there's also other ways. Uh, there are better ways, such as I think one of the best ones California is already using. Mm-hmm. During the day when you have solar, you pump water uphill, oh. and at night, you let the water roll back down the hill, powering a generator. There you go. It's one of the easier ways to do it. You can also run a weight up a hill and have it pull a string back down. Like, uh, you can have a flywheel going. So your flywheel goes, and then when, it, when the power gets cut, the thing is still rotating, and it just drives a generator until it's done. Hmm. Big enough flywheel, going fast enough, you can have that over a night. They already use it for... Um, backing up data centers and things. There are, def- there are definitely solutions for this, but it's one of those things that like any random person would know. Just use a battery. Exactly. And if, if the random people who don't know much about science or you know aren't up on the latest technologies, at least they know batteries store power. There are other things that are better than batteries, but hey man, at least a battery. Flake didn't even think about that. And I feel sorry for the guy being <sighs> like attacked and totally set up. And this is like, this is just going to be a soundbite factory for this group. And of course, the group being what it is, they're going to try and spin this as much as they can. Is like, look at this fucking jackass. Yeah. Which happened. <laughs> and that's how we got this soundbite out of it. But that's, that's, that's one of our representatives. He's already, I think he's, uh, I've read this, but he uh, is probably the least like senator, at least in the running for the, one of the. Very possibly. Bottom three, bottom five. Yeah, I've heard that he his reelection chances are not great. Mm. So that's uh, that's tax march and associated ephemera. Uh, I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> He's going down. Uh, Ducey, education. What have what have you heard in your line of work about Ducey? Yeah, um, I think my favorite is you wanted to like uh, entice new teachers with uh, something like a $900, you know, bonus upfront signing check. Is signing that Prop 123 you're talking about? No. Okay. This is something independent Yet of that. Yet another one? $900 over the course of a year, okay. something like that. So it gets you like a couple Big Macs a paycheck. <laughs> yes. Is that tied to anything? Is it like pay for no, performance? No, it was like in his state of the state address. So we've had the Proposition 123, which was like the one-time payout for school I am familiar with uh, yeah, state that land was trust and all the state about lands. just almost almost selling out the state lands for for giving us a, what did we end up with to cut the difference 
We ended like it was a lawsuit, and we ended up with like 77, 77 cents on the dollar. That's what, what it was. It was the lawsuit for, for the money that they owed us already, and we just we couldn't get. So they yes. settled by selling off state land, which is that's what it's there for. Still a little smarmy, and the fact that he like you know they gave us money that was already ours that yeah, we can't touch. But it also goes to like charter schools and private yeah. partnerships, and it's basically selling off state land to private individuals. Uh, There's all sorts of ethical problems with that. But hey, man, that's that's what happens here. Hello, friend. Hold on. I'm drinking water. Why are you drinking so much? Well, it sure is hot. Didn't you see all the tourists and Midwesterners who died last year on Camelback? Well, yeah. But did you know that drinking too much water in the desert heat is a really bad idea? Hmm? Oh, now you tell me. Hey, buddy. It's okay. And next time, drink just a little more water than you normally would the night before, have a nice breakfast, and then go hiking. Bring a couple bottles of water or a canteen and just drink when you're thirsty on the trail. If you drink too much, besides cramps and hypo, hyponatremia, Hypona what? you might have to pee on a cactus and a rattlesnake will bite you in the dick. I definitely don't like the sound of that. Nor do I, friend. So take it from me. Sucking poison out of a cock is like the worst thing to do. (laughs) Nor do I, friend. So take it from me. Drink when you're thirsty. Bring a salty snack. And you might just survive your morning stroll in the murderous desert wasteland. Jeez, the more I know, huh? Thanks, mysterious stranger. Good times. Uh, anyway, uh, Fry's Downtown. Do you know anything about that? Fry's Downtown? Yes, Fry's Downtown. So they're putting in a Fry's grocery store downtown right in front of uh, Talking Stick Arena, which is the dumbest fucking name ever. It's America West. Anyway, so right in front of America West Airlines Arena, they will have a Fry's where there used to be a parking lot. Silence. North of the arena. North. So across the street north? Yes. Create shopping where there has not been. This is basically a food desert. Yeah. Because your closest grocery store from any of these buildings here was here. Basically, McDowell and 7th Street across the freeway. Yeah. There's a Safeway. There hasn't been anything else <laughs> downtown. Yeah. So they're finally getting a, a, a shopping center down there. I think that's nice. I think it's amazing. I think it's really going to help. Mm-hmm. People were pissed because... Phoenix was giving them tax breaks up to $18 million to get them into that spot. Mm-hmm. They're basically trying to subsidize getting a grocery store down there. Mm-hmm. And people, of course, are doing the whole like, well, we shouldn't use public money on a private retail establishment because that's a horrible thing. If it wasn't just a grocery store, I don't know. I mean, have you been in a fries lately? Yes. Have you been to like the new fries with the bars? And- no, the yeah. fry, my fries doesn't have a bar. My fries has a solar covered parking lot, which is pretty nice. That's nice. They just put that in. Is that in partnership with APS or are they doing that? Like I don't know. Private? It's still under construction. Nice. I went down there and it was halfway up, so I parked under the shady spot. That works. Went I'm all my... for getting more shade than parking. Yeah. <laughs> we need that all over, all over town, man. It's, the, it's a shade desert, is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, that's included in the term desert, right? Uh, the one in Sun City West, up by surprise. They, they tore down the Sundome, which I'm kind of pissed about because, you know, it's yeah. historical, whatever. 
Like my grandparents took me there when I was a little kid, and, and a lot. we watched the symphony thing that I didn't care about at the time either. <laughs> so anyway, they put in this fries up here. I don't know if you can see this. It is gigantic. So this, Sun is, this is surprise up there, yeah. This is Sun City West. Sun City West. Okay, gotcha. So picture old people. You just circle the whole map. Yeah. Pictures. It is circled people. all of Sun City West. Picture old people. It's not untrue. Maybe insensitive, but it is not untrue. Anyway, uh, fries. That fries has a bar. The bar has a cheese shop. So there's like a, like they they cut up giant wheels of cheese and put them out and everything. They sample the cheese while you're sitting at the bar. They have. Does anybody play the bazooki? <laughs> no bazooki. Shut that bloody bazooki up. <laughs> the craft beer section is longer than the domestic beer section, which is nice. Like there's more shelf space devoted to like random craft breweries, which half of them are owned by Anheuser Busch nowadays because that's how Anheuser Busch wants to keep their stranglehold on the market. But at least there's like more than rice beer now. Half the thing is organic foods and natural foods, and then their produce section has all the weird shit like red bananas and uh, quinces, which I picked up. So, okay. do you know what a quince is? No, I think I know what it looks like, but it's, I've never eaten one. It's supremely ugly. They are they are ugly fruit. Yeah. They're like apples or pears. Oh, yeah. I was, yeah, I see that. Yeah, I'm looking at it. Uh, I think they're supposed to be golden colored when you use them. That's their ripe color. Okay. I picked them up. They were green. Didn't know how to use them. Mm-hmm. Decided I'm going to make a mead, a honey wine, using quince. So I chopped up a quince. Uh, chopped up three quinces and threw them into a gallon of mead. Green ones? And then I Googled it. <laughs> green ones? Yeah. Well, I, I tasted it. It tasted like a sour apple. Uh-huh. Maybe a pear, pear yeah. apple combination. Uh, threw that in the mead. It's, it's good. There's like chunks of this in there, the green. Then I Googled it, which I should have done beforehand. And turns out, oh yeah, you should boil them if they're not yellow because they're too hard to eat and they're like acidic. And yellow is the ripe color. That's when all the like sweet comes out to balance the acidity. So now I have unsweetened quinces. Mead is naturally, mead. you know, on the sweeter side. It is. However, I've been making my mead quite dry, so I don't know oh. how that is all going to turn out. And that mead has uh, tamarind and quince. So I went to Food City, got a bunch of, like, bulk tamarind. Okay. Uh, tamarind. I've only had the Mexican like drink. Tamarindo. Mm-hmm. Tamarind, uh, tamarind is very good. It's very tasty, usually highly sweetened. Yes, most, very sugary. As most agua frescas are. It's like a seed pod. And the flesh it looks like a, is... It looks like a kiwi pea pod. Yes. It looks like a very large pea pod with the texture of kiwi on the outside. It's brown. It's not fuzzy, but it does It's not look fuzzy. Like, That's it true. It looks like interconnected kiwis. Yeah. So inside is um, like four or five big seeds, and they are... The seeds are inedible, but the, like, the flesh around them is fucking super tasty. So I put that in there. Usually it's sweetened. Mine was not. So I have not sweet tamarind, which is kind of weird tasting. I have not sweet quinces in honey wine, which is normally sweet, but isn't really because I have been doing mine dry. I don't know how this is going to turn out. This sounds very Mediterranean. It does. And that was the idea. It was like, it's going to be, you know, Spanish influences, a little bit of of Mediterranean, maybe a little bit of spice trading going on in the Indian subcontinent. Are you putting any spices in there? I am. So I actually have gar- uh, garam masala in there as well. Which, masala? Yeah. Okay. So Karen, <laughs> I thought you say like clove or something. Well, it's got cloves in it. Okay. So Karen uh, had a customer 
who was who said we're gonna go to India. Do you want anything? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And me being me, I'm like, dude, get as many spices as you can get. Whatever they want to bring back. So they bring back uh, green cardamom like pods. They bring back garam masala mix and turmeric, like a special kind of turmeric that I haven't seen before. Mm. Uh, so we have these things now. I don't. The turmeric is going to go into my uh, red lentil dal that I make. It's gonna be fucking mm-hmm. delicious because that needs turmeric. The garam masala is very anise heavy. I've had like garam masala just means mixed spices in Indian food. I've had that before, but I've had like different formulations of it. There's sure. no like one garam masala. There's sure, like yeah. like my grandmother makes it this way. My mother makes it this Depending way. Depending on their I mood in the way. day, yeah. So this one is kind of anise heavy, probably cloves and a couple other things. So I have garam masala, tamarind, and quince in honey wine. I don't know how that's going to work out. I hope it is very tasty. Right now it's Sounds uh, pretty good. three weeks. So it was in primary fermentation for two weeks. I transferred it to a, a five-gallon carboy with a like gigantic glass jug. And a nice funnel. For a, <laughs> Yeah, I know. In a homemade funnel. Uh, I, I, I should have bought a siphon. I did not. I now have a siphon. I've learned my lesson. Yeah. Uh, transferred it over into one-gallon containers. Now I have uh, strawberry kiwi mead. I have... My quince tamarind and garam masala mead, and I have Viking fjord mead, which is my traditional mead, but it's got mint leaves, so sweet mint and chocolate mint because that's all I have in the backyard. Okay. And juniper berries. I was gonna say, so the chocolate mint's what makes it Viking, then, right? No, the chocolate mint is completely <laughs> not at all Viking, but you know, juniper berries are. Uh, I think hops is more traditional, but I'm using really? juniper berries. Hops is like, an old thing too. Yeah, hops are, yeah. hops are like, mead, mm-hmm. as classified by the government, is honey, water, maybe hops. Maybe hops? Nothing else. Oh. So everything that superstition makes, not classified as mead. Hmm. Except for, I think, one of their things is mead. But uh, that's actually one thing that the American Mead Makers Association is trying to put through right now, is a the Mead Act into Congress. It's been like, I think it's in, I'm not sure exactly where it is, but in September of 2016, they submitted it. And it's to, cl- to reclassify mead in the United States. Because mead right now is honey, water, sometimes hops. That is the definition of mead. Hmm. If you put any fruit in it, it is an other than standard wine. Which doesn't really fit the whole like, oh, the mead, the mead industry wants to call this mead. If it's, yeah. you know, if it's based on honey wine, if it's more than 50% honey and water, it should be called mead. Because that's yeah. what it is. But if you put strawberries in there or something like that, you can't call it a mead. So superstition meadery makes other than standard wines and a mead. <laughs> so anyway, that act is going through. Um, <laughs> anyway, getting back to the to the Vikinger one. Yes. Uh, it's kind of, I mean, it's obviously cheeky with the whole mint and like everything, but I actually put salt in it as well. I don't know how that's going to work out. Yeah, yeah, salt spray, you know, like uh, Vikings when they get on the ocean, they, they're, they're, Seafaring people would get salt in there. Yeah, meat. I do not think that is going to work out in a meat. Did you just try it because you thought about them I, on a boat? Yes, that is exactly why I tried it. I can understand that. I mean, you know, it's this is experimentation for me. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. If I ruined a gallon of mead, oh well, I'm gonna have nine gallons by the end of next month anyway. So the fuck so, cares? so the um, the salt and the yeast don't interact when you actually. Have oh, salt and yeast. Yeast. They said in the east. No, no, no. Oh, no. So uh, I don't know how that works <laughs> out. So this is in secondary fermentation. Which so there's like the way that you make mead is mm-hmm. you get your container and you you take three pounds. So let's say we're making a gallon of mead. Mm-hmm. 
We take three pounds or two and a half pounds of honey, pour that in. So that's like a large jar that anyone would have of honey. Pour that into your container, fill the rest of it up with water. There you go. You now have like a mead, but you need yeast. So you're going to either add yeast, you can use like baker's, like Fleischmann's bread yeast if you and wanted to. I'm picturing to. like a regular vial sort of full. You could totally do that. They have special special yeasts, and that's what I've been using. Mm -hmm. uh, Lauvin. So there's like 1118, which ferments yeah. up to 18% alcohol. Then uh, I'm using 47B right now, which is up to, I think, 14% alcohol. So it'll ferment the sugars in the honey mm -hmm. into alcohol and then kill itself because the alcohol will kill the, the yeast. Oh. Anyway, so that's a, that's a meat. It's honey, that's water, That's the yeast. primary fermentation. It's primary fermentation. That takes about two weeks. Okay. In my experience so far, it's been like a, a week, a week and a half. So secondary fermentation. Secondary fermentation, you rack it off of the, the primary fermentation. So you take a siphon and you siphon it into a new container. And you're trying to get, you're trying to leave as much of the yeast cells that have died. Uh -huh. And you're trying to leave those, as much of those in the primary fermentation. You move it over to the secondary. gets a little clearer. And you let that sit. So you can let that sit for anywhere from three weeks to... It's still fermenting? A year and a half. It is... Kind of still fermenting. Okay. So sometimes it'll be done. Like maybe it's fermented itself to its alcohol tolerance and it's killed mm -hmm. the yeast. Mm -hmm. So now, no, it's not really fermenting after that. Yeah. Secondary fermentation, if you put in, like I put in the um, strawberry and kiwi, that is absolutely fermenting. Because okay. I think it added sugar when the strawberry and the, the kiwi yep. went in. So that is like fizzing constantly. Like if yes. I go in there and I nudge the bottle, it's like, Pfft. yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, so that, that secondary fermentation can last forever, like not forever, but several years if you want it to. You could put it into an oak barrel, you could put it into glass, you could bottle it right away, but then you might get bottle bombs because it's still fermenting and it might explode. Yeah. Uh, so the idea is that you want to leave it until it clears. Gotcha. If you're waiting for all the yeast to drop out of suspension, they lay on the ground, on the, the bottom of the bottle, you rack that off and you've got like clear mead. Okay. So that's that's the waiting process in mead. And you can, you can shorten that by using... Um, you can kill the yeast with sulfites. So if you never okay. notice, like your your wine, yeah. this is like sulfites added. Yeah, sulfites are kind of cheating. They kill the yeast in the bottle, so that when you cap it, it doesn't explode. Mm -hmm. uh, there have been like I, I follow the Reddit meadery, and every now and then there's like somebody was talking like, oh yeah, your uh, your mead was really great. Thanks for the couple bottles that you gave me. I really like that sparkling one. Yeah. It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not supposed to be sparkling. That probably could have exploded in your house. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> so that's a person who did not kill their yeast. Maybe oh. their sulfites were wrong or they didn't filter it or whatever. Anyway, so I'm, I'm, I'm getting into, into mead. Yeah. That is the moral of the story. I just met a, uh, a f an apiarist tonight. I may have Someone a, who runs an apiary. Yes. Which is a bee farm. Uh, it, yes, kind of. They, it's, it's guys who provide the pollinating bees to farms. Yes. So my previous one was the brew shop. The brew shop has retail honey. That's $70 a gallon. Mm -hmm. I don't want to pay that. Uh, I found a... I was clued in by somebody from that I know from Surprise. There's a place in next to Luke Air Force Base. The old man guy? Uh, old man guy? 60s. Oh. So no. Regardless, they have a lot of stuff from, they say, down the road. Quote, like, oh, yeah, we get it from the guys who down the road. I think I found down the road. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I have the line on a new supplier. I pulled in there, this, like, just tonight, coming over here. I was like, I came down a couple hours, like, an hour and a half early. Mm -hmm. And I just was kicking around over there um, just to see what's up. Happened upon this place, saw a fucking beehive on the sign, drove mm -hmm. in. 
Anyway, I told you the story before. Long story short, I think I have a supplier of honey. It's awesome. I mean, it's great. All right, Dan. Feast your eyes. Media cover-up. Mass UFO sighting over Arizona desert. 4-15-17. Captivating UFO sighting over Arizona desert. Sick beat, yo. Fuck yeah. Security! Let it be stated for the record that Dan has given me the sidelong glance of, what the fuck is this? So April 10th, 2017, 9.09 p.m. He saw some F-35s? No. Did you see that? So what we're looking at right now is grainy-ass footage of six orange lights floating in the sky. At the start, there were three lights in a triangle formulation, and then over to the right, there are three more that light up in sequence. A new UFO sighting that just occurred a couple of days ago. So this is a, a freeze frame, like a long exposure from somebody with an actual camera. And you can see that over 20 seconds, those things have moved a little bit. Mm-hmm. And in some cases going up, some of them going down, mostly just kind of traveling forward. This is the Phoenix Lights all over again. Do you remember 1997, the Phoenix mm-hmm. Lights? And do you remember what that turned out to be? Like what the Aurora official Borealis reflections or something? Off of swamp gas in the atmosphere. Swamp gas. Yeah, swamp gas has gone up there. It's like swamp. reflecting Aurora Borealis. They really said swamp gas? No. I did oh. not say swamp gas. <laughs> but it was. It was not swamp gas. So what do you think this could be? Do you think this is aliens? Uh, These guys uh, think it's aliens. An unidentified flying object does not necessarily mean flying uh, or you know, alien life. I agree. Um, an unidentified flying object is a flying object that you cannot identify readily. That's it. Yes. So, Birds are UFOs until they get close enough and you're like, oh shit, that's a dove. Yeah. It was a UFO and now it's a dove. It's true. Uh-huh. Um, I would assume something military. Definitely something military. Those are flares. Yeah. From the bombing range. We have Barry M. Goldwater bombing range hmm. south, of the, south of the valley. Anyway, I hate this shit. Facebooker records a crystal clear video of multiple UFOs. Yes, that statement is true. That is a true thing, yes. Then they go on to say, these are aliens. That's... That is not true. That's farce. Is is, that farce? It is a farce to believe such a thing. It is a farce. We're two minutes into this 11-minute video. There's 11 minutes of this... There's 11 minutes of this media cover-up, Dan. The Mm. the media doesn't want you to know. Probably... You know what? The smoke from the... Play it back. That's probably a chemtrail. Back and to the left? Back... And to the left. So you think that's a chemtrail? Yeah. I think that's, that is a trail of chemicals, <laughs> also known as smoke. Yeah, it's, you know what it is? It's quelling the people, Mark. No, 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 no. They wouldn't do that in such a small, limited limited collection. Chemtrails are like from one end of the horizon to the other, man. Yeah. They, you ever see them when they, they dissipate out uh-huh. over an hour and you get like this whole blanket? Of, that's chemtrails, man. Mm-hmm. That shit is poisoning our minds. It's keeping us docile. Mm-hmm. Why is it that the desert is full of conspiracy nuts? Why the desert is? Yeah. Uh, well, I think that there is a lot of open land and probably a lot of government-owned open land. True. I could see that. There's a lot of, like, test beds of technology. That's what I think. you got the, the White Sands. White Sands Missile Range. Nevada's all about where they tested a bunch of crap, too. A bunch of nukes. Yeah, we've got Air Force Base. We constantly have weird things flying overhead all the yeah. time. I looked it up. F-35s have one jet in the back. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I think, well, let me see. Those were in the sky for 10 minutes? 
floating the same each spot. Other. They definitely were not F-35s. It was not a no, plane. It wasn't. Those are flares. Mm-hmm. I just, I can't get over the, like, it gets onto Facebook and then people are just like, oh my God. And then they ruminate on all of these, like, stupid assumptions. I, just, well, I can, I I've found that a lot of the last, uh, every time something like this, you know, maybe not necessarily freaking out about aliens, but um, it comes down to, like, an ignorance thing, you know. Yeah. Maybe it's maybe like, like oh, a willful ignorance. You know, that's they're just kind of ignorant. They haven't learned about it or don't read anything about it. Like I, think I like to know sources. Most people probably don't click on sources at the bottom of articles. True. Something I've learned. There's to no do. source on something like this. No. <laughs> uh, the specific explanation of like, oh, those are flares. You have to know that there is a bombing range nearby. You have to know that flares are used in a bombing range for practice and lighting up things and all that stuff. Like, those, those are things that you can't assume that everyone knows. But why is the first thing aliens? It's ignorance. I mean, that's maybe that's my cop-out. It's like, oh, right. people don't know any better. They hear UFO, it's synonymous with alien life. The question is, like, if you don't know better, why assume the worst? It's, I don't know. I, don't, I mean, I don't that's know. probably like a mean... I, I'm guessing it's actually some way that the brain's wired, that that's a prominent thing in the brain. It's something about, like questions things that they don't know and aliens and and then you're like oh wow what is that unidentified flying you know those are just two very um connected parts of the brain and it just lights up the other part i don't know i can see that it's probably served us well in our evolutionary history like i don't know what that is i probably should be afraid of it yeah maybe yeah my twitter's nau magic people runners I think that's it. Yeah. I don't know, NASA and a bunch of the alt stuff, the alt park services. And oh, yeah, dude, the, the alt park services rogue, are awesome. Rogue POTUS uh, staff and rogue NASA. Works for the National Park Service. He's a ranger. He got moved to D.C. And mm-hmm. I think he's working with the alt left, alt and alt NPS accounts or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I think he's he's been like retweeting them and all that stuff because he works for the National Park Service and he's mm-hmm. like company line kind of guy. Mm-hmm. So I think he's working with them and like they moved in D.C. to work on some some whatever they need in the National Park Service in D.C. Yeah. I have a feeling the National Park Service is creating their own security. That's what it is. He's in the security force, the police for the National Park Service, and he got oh. transferred to D.C. to do that. Oh. Wait, wait, what? <laughs> Does Sounds like the National a... Park Service is raising a militia. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the actual... I'm sure it's a totally above board thing that National Park Service has always been doing. Maybe I should bleep all of this out because maybe I'm outing him, but... <laughs> <laughs> He's a Mountie. is a Canadian uh, yeah. National Service. The National Park Service rides moose. Hey Dan, we're going to start a new segment here with hiking or biking trail recommendations, and I thought we could start with one even Grandma would enjoy. Oh yeah? Well, I hope you remember that she doesn't move so good since she broke her hip on that motorcycle. Well then, it's a good thing the trail of the week is handicap accessible. It's the Waterfall Trail at White Tanks Regional Park. Oh yeah? I've been on that trail. It's paved the whole way up into that canyon. I'd walk it in my sleep. I think I could too, friend. That's why it's the perfect trail to start on. In fact, it's been described as the waterfall trail is something where someone in, who is just starting to walk can go. You can go and see some really nice stuff. Man, that guy sounds like he knows what's up. It's not very strenuous. 
You can take someone who's young or old. You're out of state relatives after Thanksgiving. Yeah, I suppose it has its purpose. You can show them what a saguaro is, petroglyphs, and if it's been raining, you can see the waterfalls. And every once in a while, you can see a coat of Mundi. Yeah, I, uh, coat. A what? A coat of Mundi? What is that? Who knows, friend? I, I don't know what a coat of Mundi is. So head on over to the White Tank Regional Park. Take the I-10 west of 303 and get off at Northern. Follow Olive out to the park. $6 per vehicle and there are lots of trails and picnic spots available. Now back to the show. I I don't know what a Cotamundi is. I don't know. I don't know what a Mundacote is. There is no exit on Olive for the 303. <laughs> you have to get off on the one north or south. <laughs> So fix that in post. <laughs> Got the jacuzzi up and going. Yeah. So what does that entail? Making sure there's clean water that's pH balanced. Are you and not then people it, now? And then it heats up. So this winter it wasn't heating up right. So I'm thinking that maybe the heating element is like calcified or something. Yeah. Probably did you try like CLR and something? Well, I haven't seen the element. It's like enclosed. I'd have to drain it all. So by the time I got it all filled up and it was all nice and it went on and waited for it to heat up, it just didn't. So I would have had to empty the 250, 300 gallons of water that I just balanced. <laughs> that does not sound like something get to do. The, Yeah, get to the heating element. So uh, didn't do that. Yeah. Um, does it heat up? And the winter it didn't right now. It did because it's... It's not 60 or 70 so minimum. Would it maybe if it like, does it take a day to heat up? Does it, it take takes, longer time? To it heat takes up a little bit longer. And I'm guessing that I have something that needs replaced because either this is like a very, it's an energy efficient one that kind of mm -hmm. like trickle um, heats it up, trickle charges. Yeah, like, like it that. keeps it warm over a yeah. week or two. Yeah, yeah. And it's, and once it's there, it turns on and off throughout the day and night and it's fine. I could see that. But when you just fill it up with cold water, and then you want it to heat it up to 100 degrees. It takes a while. But I'm thinking that, and like I, I really don't, I went in with zero knowledge of maintenance and care for a jacuzzi. And there's a couple parts, you know, so you can get a new element. They're kind of universal, it looks like. At least this, but my sources are all trying to sell me something. So maybe they're all of their stuff's universal. So I don't really know yet. I don't trust the source. Um, you don't trust pool guys? Well, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't trust their pool guy if I had a pool guy I would probably trust him but this is just a website that's trying to sell me yeah I would say that I have a guy that I would refer you to my stepbrother in law mm -hmm. I don't know how that works stepbrother sorry so basically my stepbrother is a pool guy now but he only works East Valley oh. we talked about this on Easter time so. Hmm. yeah so I can I replace him. the huh I would trust him oh. but I don't actually know the name of his business, so. Give me a name and a number I'll call him. I mean, it's he will refer you to somebody on the west side. Okay. Because right. he does not work on this. Better than. Yeah, I would trust his referrals more than any random person out here. He, okay. From listening to him, it sounds like pool guys are all kind of, there's a lot of hacks out there. Okay. But I, what do I know? Right. So I can replace the heating element for like $30. And then if that doesn't work, then you could replace the controller. Mm-hmm which is more money, maybe like 50 to 80, I think. 
for a new controller, but that's kind of like the computer part. And then after so many years, you actually have to replace the whole kit. And that's $700. Oosh. But I mean, that's like, at that point it's all new, except for the actual container yeah. that holds the water or any jets going out. Does that include all the like pipes and everything? The mid, like fun. It's the middle pipe. It's probably the impeller and the, I don't know. I don't know yet. I'm hoping that, well, everything's fine now, but um, in the winter again, I might have to, or maybe the next time I drain it, which is, I think about, after about two or three months of use, I, you know, drain it, wipe it down, clean it all again and fill it back up. Clean out all the uh, dumb people kind of things that get stuck in there? Humans do. No. <laughs> <coughs> There's chlorine. Me and my lover. <laughs> <laughs> there are the there Will Ferrell and Sherry Terrier. No, it's Rachel Dratch. There's um Will Ferrell. There's enzymes in there to break down shampoo, other cleaning pro I don't know about organic materials. Organic materials. Yeah. Shooting loads in my own. <laughs> I'm just saying that's what enzymes but, break down. But they do. organic materials. They, they do. That they is do. why they are added to that sort of thing. So uh, yeah, I mean chlorine. So somebody didn't wipe that day. It's not going yep. to give you pink eye next time you go in it. Yeah. That's chlorine too. It's going to kill the poop, hopefully. This is riveting. Well, hey, you know, I try and shower before I go in there. Not a lot of people are in there. I'm very comfortable in my jacuzzi. Yeah. There's already bubbles. <laughs> Who's going to know? <laughs> this is why I'm not a hot tub person. <laughs> it's awkward conversations like this. You should come by getting the get in the jacuzzi with me. Hey, hey, no trunks. Did you get did you bring your trunks? Add for the filter. You won't need them. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Pick of the week. Pick of the week. Dan's a Dan's a hot tub person. Hot tub. No shorts. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a pick of the week, Dan? As you're so fond of saying. Yes. What's your pick of the week? Uh, this weekend? Weekend. This Magic pre-release? Pre-release will probably be over. For the Dan, Dan is talking about a pre-release weekend for Magic the Gathering, the card game. Almond Cats being released. It's Do you want to tell people where you're going to be just in case they want to show up and surprise you? Which is not going to happen, but who knows? Samurai Comics West. Okay. Where's that? It's uh, actually right by... They just move locations. Something, on, something, something, West McDowell Road? Dysert and... Northern? Your area knowledge astounds me. I could drive right there. First off, the 31st annual powwow at ASU. Experience native culture, enjoy elaborate and fanciful hoop and gourd dancing, singing, and cultural celebrations. Fry bread and delicious food will of course be on sale. 6th Street in Rural and Tempe at the ASU Band Practice Field. Friday evening, 5.30 to 11.30 p.m. Saturday, 12 hours, starting at 11.30, and Sunday at 11.30 to 6 p.m. Eight bucks or less will get you in. Powwow.asu.edu. If you're over on the west side and feel like walking in circles, the bubble run is Saturday at the Goodyear Ballpark. It's a 5K fun run and walk with occasional gauntlets of colored foam to cool you off. 
since it'll be damned hot out. That sounds nice. Bubblerun.com. Prescott. In addition to cooler temperatures, historic places to get drunk and NASCAR taxis will be at the site of Chalk It Up. At the Chalk It Up event this week. No, you read this one. Prescott, in addition. Prescott, in addition to cooler temps, historic places to get drunk and NASCAR taxis will be the site of the Chalk It Up event this weekend. A block north of Whiskey Row in the Courthouse Square at the National Bank of Arizona parking lot. It's open to people of all ages and abilities and we'll be raising funds for, and awareness for mental health services in Yavapai County. Saturday and Sunday, April 22nd and 23rd, in their own words, come draw, walk around and look at the art. Watch performance artists and have a blast with us. I recommend a tasting of mead at Superstition Meadery and stumbling on over. Thank you all for joining us. Make sure you check out our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We're usually at, at Arizona FYI. And the best place to find all of our stuff is at Arizona.FYI in your browser. When you're out there exploring our state, don't forget to bring us along.